1: Going in Raw is now a Castbox original. Castbox is the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all your favorite podcasts. You can still listen to Going in Raw wherever you get your podcasts, but we hope you'll give Castbox a shot. We think it's the best. Hey Brandel Steve here. And Larson. Welcome back to Matt Chat. I drew some boo-boos on your screen there. I don't Hope appreciate don't
2: that. that. I don't appreciate
1: that. Anyways, of course, Larson, this is Matt Chat, the Patreon-fueled show. We answer the questions and debate some hot takes, some hot topics from our $20 and up patrons, the ones who send in the video questions, and we got a couple of text questions as well. People don't want to expose themselves, their fachas, their faces to the world via Matt Chat. So they sent us text questions, but we got a bunch of video. We got a bunch of new patron questions, man. We got a bunch of new faces today. We do. I love it. I love all the new activity, of course, on the Patreon, at patreon.com forward slash Steven Larson. Being able to submit your Matt chat video question is just one of the many rewards you get, including uh, weekly live streams of all of our recap episodes of Going In Raw and uh, uh, the Friend Care Package. Which, we're recording this over here, I'm like, so if I hit this button, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't
2: do anything. No, it doesn't. You can't display it. Can't do it. For anybody.
1: Anyways, we got a packed show tonight. We got a lot we of questions do, to we answer. We do, we do, So we are going to kick it off with a new patron, or a new video Matt Chat questionnaire. Matt Chatter. Matt Chat, oh, that's good, Matt Chatter. Minnesota Joe. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, friendos.
2: Minnesota Joe here. I'm a new patron and first-time Matt question-asker. Uh, with Daniel Bryan coming back... It's really awesome. We're gonna have a lot of amazing matches and feuds. Uh, I'm really excited. I, I've been really. Ha- I was really happy to hear he's cleared. But there's a small part of me that's just been wondering, like, what it would have been like if he
3: never got cleared and went to New Japan. Like all those dream matches, how those would have turned out. And there's some we probably will never get to see now that he won't be over there. So my
2: question is, do you think it would have been better? If Daniel Bryan went to New Japan or if he stayed in WWE now, just choose which side you want to debate. And uh, thank you. Too sweet and
1: hearty handshake. Thank you, Minnesota Joe. Oh, man. The answer. I go first. Yeah, you go first. Look, man. It's WWE. There's all sorts of unfinished business. We We did a video just two weeks ago. No, one week ago about Daniel Bryan, WWE Dream Matches. And yes, although I would love to see Daniel Bryan and the current iteration of Cody Rhodes go at it, lots of Dream Matches over there in Japan, I would much prefer to see him uh, spend a year or two in the WWE, churning out more Dream Matches that uh, we won't have another look. AJ Styles is probably gonna retire in WWE. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura, a lot of people in WWE right now are probably going to end their careers in WWE. And a lot of guys are sort of at their older primes. Um, You know, Finn Balor's 34 years old. AJ Styles is like 40 years old. Shinsuke's up there too. Um, I still want to see Samoa Joe versus Daniel Bryan in WWE. So there's all sorts of matches that we still need to see with Daniel Bryan. I would have been totally fine if the WWE hadn't cleared him and he went to New Japan. There's a million dream matches over there. But I like the idea that we could have our cake and eat it too um, have him finish out his run in WWE maybe for another year or two all these dream matches that are available moves over to New Japan and then does what he's gonna do
2: No nah, New Japan's the right answer granted there are a handful and we talked about them um, uh, in our uh, Dan and Brian's dream matches yeah I said that. Uh, dream matches people he hasn't faced yet but there's a lot of people on that list that he has faced in the past give me new give me wrestlers he's never faced before a lot of those wrestlers are aware new japan pro wrestling i'm not going to do any research about this but i'm just going to throw this out there daniel bryan has never wrestled Kush- kushida he's a huge time splitter fan brilliant match give me
1: daniel bryan what do you care about time splitters I like Kushida He's good Yeah I like Kushida too What does that have to do with about... Oh you're calling Kushida Time splitter That's his thing He's the time splitter Yeah but that's also A reference to a video game series Oh I know Yeah okay I thought you were I thought you were talking <laughs> We like don't worship a shit
2: anymore I don't talk about video games well, Unless it's so... a wrestling video game <laughs> yeah. Alright you sure, done? Make sure you're not lying About your video game credentials Are you credentials done? Again uh, Zack Sabre Jr. Versus Daniel Bryan That would be a classic Minoru Suzuki versus Daniel Bryan. Mm, mm, Okada, mm, mm, Omega.
1: I don't want to see Suzuki. He'll mess him up. He'll No, mess he's him fine. Suzuki's safe.
2: Um, uh, uh, Naito. I can go on and on. like All the top-of-the-card talent in New Japan in both the heavyweight and junior division against Daniel Bryan would be fantastic. Here's another thing. He's conscientious of the fact that he needs to protect himself in the ring more. Yeah, man. However. You don't need him
1: now, however. He doesn't need to be and- taking
2: V-triggers. Well, I mean, if he's wrestling Kenny Omega. He has to take a V trigger. In New Japan, he is free to wrestle probably more beyond the concussion issues how he wants to. He could, fo- you know, there's a there's a there's a very specific WWE style. People have to adapt their own wrestling to a very specific WWE style. New Japan, he have to do that. Separate the concussion stuff. I'm not talking about that. Just in terms of pure wrestling, Daniel Bryan can wrestle however he wants to. In New Japan, WWE, there's a few more restrictions on him. So if I want to see Brian Danielson in his purest form as technical wrestling machine, I will only be able to see that if he were to go to New Japan Pro Wrestling or maybe Ring of Honor. That's not really
1: true. I would say the WWE's UK division, Pete Dunn, Tyler Bate, those type guys, you telling me that he wouldn't put on a five-star match with Pete Dunn? Are you kidding me? Of course yeah, he would. Of course yeah. he'd put on a five-star match with anybody. Well, yeah, probably a sack of potatoes as well. Yeah, man. Anyways. Maybe I, he should go to DDT Pro. Oh, that's it. You win. You win DDT Pro. That's the actual answer is DDT Pro. <laughs> I wanna see him racing go-karts. Yeah. Uh fighting on like uh rafts. Yeah, a barge. Barge. Like a three foot by three foot barge. Fireworks. Yeah. Uh office buildings. Yeah. All that stuff. At the mall. At the mall. Perfect. I yes. like it a lot. Yes. Next up yes. we have a great friendo, longtime friendo, Ayo worm. Let's see what he has to ask today.
4: What's going on, guys? So my question for Match Chat this week is so I've noticed when it comes to WrestleMania every every other promotion likes to have like their big year event during the weekend of WrestleMania. So my question is do you guys think that's a good idea for other promotions to do is to try to compete with WrestleMania during their time? Like I know Supercard of Honor is during Takeover. So do you guys think that's a good idea or should they not try to Promote their events during the weekend
2: of WrestleMania. Thanks, guys. Thank you, AO Worm. Oh, I go first. This you time. go first. So, should promotions run shows, media weekend? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I understand why they do. I'm going to take a little. Gosh darn it, my phone fell in my pocket. Um, I'm going to take a little steam away from your argument because I know why they do it. The, the eyes of the wrestling world, no, universe, are in whatever town is hosting WrestleMania, WrestleMania weekend. People come in from all <laughs> over the world, go to WrestleMania. And, and promotions put on shows in the host city uh, to get eyes in front of their product. I understand all that. Here's one problem with it, though. If you're one of these fans of visiting the host city mania weekend, it's overwhelming. There's a lot of shows that you want to go to, and you have to pick and choose because you can't be darting all over the city trying to go to two shows at the same time. We did that. We tried to do that, and it was exhausting. It's, 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 a, it's, it's a difficult conundrum for a wrestling fan to be in. When you want to be on one show over here, there's another show across town that you also want to go to. So selfishly, having experienced it, no. No. Pick and choose your own time to I run don't your think, top shows. I don't
1: think you actually believe this.
2: So Hold he, on, I'm not done yet.
1: I think we should have flipped the answers here.
2: What, do you have a better argument against it?
1: Um, Kind of, yeah. Well,
2: wait, and you can give it after I'm done. Also, it... It's WrestleMania. You're hard-pressed to run a, a show that's going to top WrestleMania in terms of exposure. Um, and, uh, A.O. Worm mentions specifically Ring of Honor going head-to-head with NXT Saturday yeah. night. Um, it worked for them last year. I think they got the their largest crowd ever um, in Lakeland, Florida. Um, but that's because they have Kenny Omega, they have Cody Rhodes, they have Dalton Castle. It, it, it's, it's a very distinct alternative to the, the NXT WWE product. Same time, though, you could run that match or that card, for example, this year, Kenny Omega versus Cody Rhodes, anytime, mm-hmm. and it's going to perform well. You could sell out basically any building you you, you put the show in. Yeah. You can get all sorts of uh, high pay per view buy rates if you do it some other time. But now you got to split your audience with uh, this takeover event happening the same day.
1: You're about to throw up on Yeah, you? I am. Um, and, and so you're, you're undercutting your potential pay-per-view buys. All right, here, I'll, I'll, I'll take over because we're kind of in the same boat. Number one, you, the first party argument, I know you're just BSing for the sake of the debate because that was the most fun. And I know you believe this, the most fun part of WrestleMania last year was darting to all those shows. That was a blast. That one day we did WCPW, then we had to run over and do the panel, that we, the Internet Darlings yeah, panel yeah. we were on, and then we went to go see a progress show. No, no, it was NXT, progress show. NXT, was the previous the pro- day. yeah, progress show was the previous day. That was a blast. Absolutely the answer is yes because of what you said. It's, it's a whole circus that's in town. The whole community's there. Everybody's there making money. We asked Joey Ryan how many shows you got going on this week, and he said nine. Holy cow, that's a lot of money. That is a lot so, of money. I think it's fantastic. My only bone of contention is, and he specifically pointed this out, and you pointed this out, Ring of Honor running one of their biggest shows against NXT. It's a terrible idea. If you look especially at who occupies NXT right now, some of their biggest players, Adam Cole, Bebe, the Undisputed Era, Redragon, they're there. You know, a lot of your Ring of Honor crowd is going to be torn and I'm just not sure that's great for the fans. I don't. I don't like the idea that now I have to think. Okay, well, what do I watch live? What do I don't watch? What do I not watch live? Um, if I'm in town, I would love to catch both NXT and a Ring of Honor show. You should be able to do that. Ring of Honor. I'm sorry. They could. They should sort of seed the Saturday night slot to take over. Yeah, they can take the Friday night slot cuz there's a choice between the Hall of Fame induction to Ring oh, of Honor. Oh, there's no choice. It's That's Ring no of choice. Honor. Absolutely. Yeah, there's no, no choice. There. 100%, 100%. Um and so in that one specific case, I think Ring of Honor for the sake of the fans, man, they should they should reschedule their show and yes, they should be the ones to reschedule because Takeover is kind of a bigger deal. Um so yeah, I it's it, it is an absolute blast getting to see all those little shows. Oh, There's so though. many shows. It's exhausting. What's exhausting is being is sitting 20 rows back for, at Mania. Mania was far more exhausting than anything else we did that week. We were only 13 rows back. 13 rows back. And I'm sorry, I I, I I criticize you got the tickets and you did an excellent job getting the best tickets you could.
2: Well, I mean, we could have spent more money and got better tickets.
1: Um, oh, okay, yeah. We could have spent less money and been more comfortable. And in retrospect, if I went back, I would have done that. However, the mania experience is so... Do you remember me, not just at the show, but after the show?
2: Yeah, you were a real pill to be around. Huh?
1: I know. I was a mess. How I admit that freely. Let me
2: ask you this. How much did the quality of the actual show uh, affect that? Like, if we went to this year's show, which the card just on paper is oh, better. Oh, it wouldn't have mattered. Right. It wouldn't have mattered. You would have been that miserable the main event was Styles yeah. versus Nakamura. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't know about that.
1: Yeah. I would have been because here's my thing. I could either try to watch like an, an epic, amazing match like this or go like this. And it doesn't matter. Cause I'm going to have, blink. especially during Nakamura's entrance. That's going to be insane. Yeah, man. No, if I was up in the lower bowl, I, I would have had a blast. Yeah. It was just, hey, it's, it's live and learn lesson learned. It's live and learn. And, uh, and, but yeah, no, the, the, the entire rest of mania week was fantastic. That's a little much. I love- you really think so? Do you no. actually believe that no. you had a blast? Yeah, right. I a lot of fun. I, lo- I loved it. That was great. Uh, next up, we have uh, uh, another good uh, friendo, Jordan Carter. Uh, he wants to know. Oh, uh, we'll run his question. Yeah. yeah I'm not going to say it for him.
2: No, let him say his question.
1: Jordan, take it away.
2: Hey, friendos. So, quick
3: question for you If WrestleMania and Wrestle Kingdom were held on the same day at the same time, which one would you watch first and why?
2: Thank you, Jordan.
1: Oh, you go first. I go first.
2: So let's, um, yeah. let's let's take the example of NXT oh, versus a, Ring of Honor. This is a no-brainer. Raise the stakes.
1: This is a no-brainer. It's WrestleMania. Okay, let's. So let's also take out of the the equation. Um. Okay. So here's the thing. If if this happened, if they ran at the same time, and we were sitting in a living room, what we would have to do? Two televisions. Two televisions. Yeah. We would have to do that, but yeah. we can't say that answer here. No. It's it's WrestleMania. I mean, not just because. We're business people um, Who rely on You know The live streams And the super chat To bring in that Sweet sweet money For what reason To make going in raw More But better But better uh, However um, it, It's Wrestlemania It's the big event It's it's the big event Every year It's the show It's the A show We have to watch it For our business Because the Wrestlemania recap Is going to do better Than the Wrestle Kingdom recap So we have to do that Um Now, I'll say this. I will say this. I'll actually say this. If it was this year's build, then yeah, it's Mania. If it was WrestleMania 32's build, I would actually hesitate. I would be like... "Mm -hmm."
2: Yeah. Here's the thing, though. Go ahead. With WrestleMania, look at its history. Uneven. Yeah, there's been some great WrestleMania. There's also been some real bad ones. Um, Granted, I've only seen two and a half Wrestle Kingdoms. Mm -hmm. But wow. So far, I haven't been impressed with basically every single match, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> Wrestle Kingdom always delivers. Mm-hmm. Based on the two and a half ones I've seen, mm-hmm. um, and you're always leaving Wrestle Kingdom again, based on two and a half I've seen, uh, uh, talking about some fantastic match that you think will never be topped. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll you'll talk about uh, specifically ok- Okado Omega One. Um, that happened at Wrestle Kingdom 11. Just as last year, Omega and Jericho had a, a phenomenal match. Yeah, the, the junior heavyweight four way match was outstanding. Yeah, there's always things that happen in Wrestle Kingdom. The, the 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 history of consistency, recent history of consistency with Wrestle Kingdom is unmatched. WrestleMania can't touch that. You know what you're going to get with Wrestle Kingdom: five hours of the best. Pro wrestling in the world, you have to deal with any crap musical performances, any interrupt, any interruptions. You have to deal with title matches on the pre-show. You know why? Because all the all the titles are defended on the main main show. You get your uh, your New Japan Rumble in the pre-show, why and then it's bad. just just awesome match after awesome match after awesome match. And if it was a if it was a choice between, I'm speaking purely as a wrestling fan, mm-hmm. not as a wrestling YouTuber. Mm-hmm. So if, if I have a choice of watching five hours of awesome wrestling or seven hours of some really good wrestling, musical performances by artists I don't care about, um, and a bunch of other spectacle that doesn't add much to the wrestling product, I'll watch Wrestle Kingdom first, follow that up with the seven hours of WrestleMania. I'll spend half a day watching wrestling and do recap videos of both, and then I'll finally go to sleep.
1: I don't think you would. Next up, we have a high-res hero who has a question about titles. Let's see what he has to say. Hey guys, hi Hero here with another question from Matt Chat. Uh, I want you guys to power rank the top five titles in the world right now. That includes IWGP heavyweight title, IWGP uh, junior heavyweight title, tag titles, universal title, uh, world title, all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, let me know your top five in the world. And um, yeah, I really appreciate you guys. You guys keep doing awesome. Too sweet. And a hearty handshake. Thank you, hi Res Hero. Thank you. Power rank top five wrestling titles.
2: I go first. Right? Yeah. Here's so, what I got. I wrote my own. Okay. You can write your own too. All right. Um, if, you're, if we're speaking prestige, then yeah. we're going to be talking lineage. And uh, the title with the most prestige, with the, the, the deepest lineage, is without a doubt, of the titles that still exist, the WWE title. Because not only do you get the entire lineage of the WWE Championship, you get the entire lineage of the World Heavyweight Championship. You get all that in one belt. Um, And while it's not necessarily treated as top title in WWE now, it is the title with the most prestige. It is the title with the lineage. So therefore, I, I pick that number one. Number two, the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. What uh, everything I said for WWE title applies to the IWGP title in Japan, it is the most prestigious uh heavyweight championship in all of Japan, therefore, it is number two on my list. Number three, the WWE intercontinental title. For years, it was if you were the IC champion, that means you were next in line for a world title shot. Not so much now, but with uh, some pretty great runs, thanks to the Miz with the title. It's elevated the prestige of that belt significantly. Number four, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Um, I picked this over the Intercontinental title because it's an older title. Um, You had names like Jushin Liger carry this belt, like Prince Devitt. And uh, we see Will Ospreay today carry on the fantastic lineage of that title. Five, I wanted to include something from the Independent ranks, So I chose the Ring of Honor World title. Okay. Um, past champions, Samoa Joe, CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Tyler Black, today, Dalton Castle. Um, it's probably the most prestigious, either this or the PWG title. The oh, most, it's ringing. Yeah. Uh, the most prestigious uh, independent title in the United States. Those are my top five.
1: All right, here we go. Here's the definitive list. Number one is so I totally understand your point about lineage. However, in if we're talking today, today, what are the most important titles today? Number one, WWE Universal. WWE considers it the top title. They have it on their top guy. Their top guy is about to main event, or their, their wannabe top guy is probably going to main event, although I guess we've heard rumors that they, they, they may do Rousey. The Rousey fight is the main event. I don't know. Um, but it's it, number one is the Universal title. Its lineage is garbage. but um, Well, it's just short. Yeah, it's short. Garbage. Um, but WWE considers it top title, therefore it is top title. I would actually put number two. The IWGP Heavyweight Championship, which leaves number three, the WWE Championship. I think at this point, even though I love AJ Styles, it almost feels like that is now the WWE's Intercontinental Championship, feels like their secondary title. Um, number four is the WWIC championship mainly for the work that the Miz has put behind it. The fact that three should be main eventers are about to fight in a triple threat for it puts that at number four and number five is the ring of honor championship world championship. I think you're in a really, really great spot. You take a look at the people, as you've already said, who have held it before and look at what they've done across the board mm-hmm. amazing stuff Adam Cole Daniel Bryan Samoa Joe Dalton Castle is going to be huge Cody Rhodes is huge right now yeah lots of great stuff there Adam Kyle Riley. did you
2: mention Adam Cole baby Adam Cole
1: baby Kyle Riley. yeah yeah we're not too far off then no we're pretty close uh, next up uh, from the creator of this t-shirt I'm wearing Starve Inc has a question let's see what he has to say
4: hey friend does Brandon here from Starve Inc um, first Matt chat question So I was wondering, if money is not an option, so no income flow or nothing, so don't worry about money in any situation, Steve, you get to take over WWE, but you can't have your top stars, your upper mid card and your top stars be those guys, you have to replace them with undercard guys. Um, Larson, you get New Japan, same thing, so no Okada at the top, no Tanahashi at the top, No Suzuki at the top, you have to replace them with guys who aren't necessarily upper echelon guys. Um, They make your top three for each. Personally, for me, I'd pick New Japan and Hiro Takahashi and Sonata would definitely be more pushed
1: to the top. I don't know. What do you guys think? Too sweet? Thank you, Starve Inc. Thank you, Starve Inc. I will go first. All right, so WWE, their lower card, I would put... So I'm going to take the lower card, and I'm going to book from like the Intercontinental and U.S. title up. All right. Uh, Over on Raw, I would give the tag team championships to Titus Worldwide. I would give the Intercontinental Championship. I mean, I I, okay. Here we go. Here we go. Here he is. Good. Your WWE Universal Champion would be a properly booked Bray Wyatt. Your Intercontinental Championship uh, would go to uh, the man who just deleted Bray Wyatt. It would go to Matt Hardy. Uh, Tag team champions would probably be Titus Worldwide. Um, Your women's champion in the low card would be uh, on Raw would be Sonya Deville. Okay. Um, Over on SmackDown... The uh, WWE champion right now would be, okay, so I'm going to, I'm going to do this because the, would you consider the the US title scene right now, all four of those guys, upper mid carters, Mm -hmm. you would. So Mm -hmm. anything below that, I guess Mm -hmm. there isn't a whole lot below that. Yeah. I mean, we're looking at guys like Ty Dillinger, Aiden English. That's really tough on SmackDown. Hold on. SmackDown roster. Who can we mine? Um, let's see here. List of WWE personnel. I did so well on. on oh, oh, oh here we go. Okay. So the SmackDown tag champions I'd make. Chad Gable and Shelton X. Benjamin. Um, oh, WWE champion. Would be Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin. And United States champion would be, I'm leaning towards, Ty Dillinger. And never mind, I would make the tag champions Breezango. Oh, that's good. That's what I would do. And then on the women's division on SmackDown, I would make Carmella the women's champion. Yeah, that's what I would do. All right. Oh man, I'd have Mike Kanellis up there looking at that United States Championship too. He's jacked. All right, he's jacked.
2: That's fine. So here is what I got. I I I am in charge of New Japan. Yeah, I'm excited about this. All their upper card wrestlers. They're big like eight now, right? Yeah. yeah. No Zack Saber Jr. No Zack Saber Jr. No Omega. No Naito. No Okada. No Suzuki. No Suzuki. No Tanahashi. Okay. Uh, They have too many belts, man. They they do. I'm not including all the belts. Because like Goto,
1: you can use Goto, right? Well, he holds a title. He, he holds is, a
2: title. And he's a former uh yeah, he's he, he holds a title. So no, he can't okay, be a anybody wow. who's a title holder now, I don't include.
1: Holy moly. Your junior division's decimated. I know. It's rough.
2: I couldn't even find anybody. <laughs> <laughs> right? And this is like uh like Gato books himself to be junior oh. champ. Oh, I'd like that. All right, that's what it is. US title. Chase Owens.
1: Oh, perfect. I love that. That's a great idea.
2: Yeah. I like it. Uh tag champs. Best friends. Chucky oh. T and Trent. Oh, I love it. That's great. Uh junior Oh, junior heavyweight champion. Sorry.
1: Bushy Oh, okay. Okay. Could uh, go Dragon Lee, too.
2: Well, he's not full-time in New Japan. Good point. Uh, my intercontinental title, Juice Robinson.
1: All right. There you go. Not Dave Finley? No. No? Okay. And my world champ. Oh. Who wouldn't want this anyways? Tomohiro Ishii. Oh, I love it. Good job. Well done, both of us. Both of us. Good job. Good job, us. Good job, us. All right, next up on Matt Chat. What a great, by the way, starvink great question. Check him out on Twitter, at Star He made us some shirts, um, just including this one, It's like a video game shot scene from, like, the 90s. Yeah, like a menu screen. Yeah. Mr. Dope, with the best name we got here on Matt Chat. Mr. Dope, let's see if you got a question. Hey, friendos, this is Mr. Dope. I'm not really a big fan of um, Angela Dawkins. So for Montez Ford's sake. Would it be better for him to go solo when he goes to the main roster or somehow team up with Apollo Crews? Thank you.
2: Thank you, Mr. Dope.
1: He doesn't like... Uh, uh,
2: Angelo Dawkins. Angelo
1: Dawkins. Why not?
2: I like Angelo Dawkins. That's the thing or does Yeah, this. he's got the curse of greatness thing still going for him. remember that that was his gimmick early on NXT oh I don't remember that that's funny. you don't uh-huh. no, it used to be his thing he, have, he still has it on one of his headbands this is uh, COG that's curse of gross. greatness that's great
1: uh, so anyways you go first oh
2: I do this one's tough okay because uh, Montez Ford has all the potential in the world to be a huge solo star massive solo star yeah um, and I like uh, his dynamic with Angelo Dawkins as Street Profits I like it a lot mm-hmm um, but given the two options, uh, uh, as far as I know, Montez has not been wrestling for that long, mm-hmm. um, so uh, it might benefit him when he goes to Maine. Should he be without Angelo Dawkins to hit for him to join short term a tag team, mm-hmm. um, uh, and uh, Mister Dope suggested Apollo as his tag team partner, and I think that's great. Um, Apollo is one of the few wrestlers in WWE that can match montez ford's athleticism in the ring and i think because of that they could be creative and and formulate all sorts of outstanding and crazy um and incredibly athletic tag team combination moves and i think if he comes up to maine teams up with apollo they start putting on incredible matches they're gonna get over add to that montez's uh, incredible charisma they're gonna get over even more they're gonna be massive huge multiple tag time tag team champions then you get to the story of them breaking up. And then from there, you can launch Montez
1: into a massive solo career. You're missing a massive opportunity here. I should have taken this part of what the question. what would I miss? Massive opportunity. Are you kidding me? What? Are you kidding me? We could be looking at the biggest stable in the history of WWE. Think about it. Apollo Crews, Montez Ford, Ricochet, because we know oh. that Apollo and Ricochet are like best friends. Right. And then the incoming moose. Because he's best friends with them, too. Are you kidding me? That would be the best stable I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, that'd be life. pretty good. They'd be the most entertaining. Because all I have to do is replicate their shenanigans from Twitter. I know. Oh, Mike. Are you kidding me? would be hilarious. It'd be good. Seeing Apollo making well, fun that of Moose was the question. For... It was just... I know, but Apollo leads to the next one and the next one. All right, one. Sorry, then fine. That'd be good,
2: man. You carry on with your thing since you seem to know everything here.
1: All right. Here's my plan for Montez Ford as a solo act. Wouldn't necessarily be solo. He would have the lovely Bianca Belair with him. But here's the thing. It wouldn't be like a, uh, what's his name in NXT? Almas and Zelina Vega situation where she kind of semi-wrestles a little bit. No, what we're looking at is more akin to a real-life couple version of the glorious Bobby Roode and Charlotte Flair kind of, Thematically similar, both dominant in the ring and a couple, a very charming couple outside the ring. Bianca Belair Instagrammed a picture of Montez Ford uh, sitting on a bed and his socks had literally like 10 holes in them. And she was like, How does this even happen? They're hilarious and charming. I would like to see that as a solo act. I'd rather see that faction that I just came up with. Are you getting Moose and and Ricochet and Apollo and Montez Ford again? Yeah. That'd be great. You gotta get
2: uh, a Tozawa in there too. Yeah, there you go. He's friends with uh, Ricochet and Apollo Crews. Perfect.
1: Awesome. Look at us go. Yes. Next up, the in for the going in the official going in raw enforcer. Yeah, Stevie B. Stevie B. Let's see what Stevie B. has to say. Hey, friendos, it's your boy Stevie B. Here, another Matt chat question. First off, great seeing both of you guys this weekend in uh, the Pyramid. Um, glad I could get Larson's head up there on the TV. Uh, anyway question my uh this week was placement of the united states new japan shows this year we have both early july and also this late march one where do you think if they are going to do this every year where do you think this show should be placed in their calendar should it be immediately after the new japan cup would only had like two days of build or someplace else let me know your thoughts guys
0: too sweet Hearty handshake.
1: Thank you, Stevie B. The Enforcer, man. This dude. put him like, Nobody's messing with us. No. If the Enforcer's are around. No. Anyways. Uh, you go first. Okay. Uh, yeah, this is easy. I'm going to say uh, pre-Wrestle Kingdom. It's their biggest event, so I'm going to say around like November or so. Um, schedule your U.S. show there. Um, I mean, Sakura Genesis is coming up this weekend. Oh. Last night? Tonight? When is it? sometime this weekend. sometime this weekend um and you know generating the 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 level of excitement for this past strong style evolved for secure genesis you know kind of did it was kind of a go-home show for it um it was fine it was good it was great we had a great time but i do think that if you want to generate a level of interest put go all, put your chips all in on a pre Wrestle Kingdom slot, there is a massive gulf between King of Pro Wrestling and Wrestle Kingdom. I think uh, making waves in the U.S. just to hammer home, "Hey, Wrestle Kingdom's coming up." That's when you put the show. That's when you run the show.
2: Here's the problem with doing it right before Wrestle Kingdom: nothing major is going to happen. They're gonna, they're gonna. Between King of Pro Wrestling,
1: nothing major happened at this show.
2: That's not true. we got some storyline developments in the Bullet Club situation.
1: Right, exactly. But there was no major title change. And yeah, so you, no, can and do, you can do a dramatic that's, that's, story beat leading into Wrestle I feel like, I feel
2: like kingdom. The, the, the Strong Style Evolved was a less impactful show, me personally, because there was nothing seriously on the line. Like there was a G1 special in USA last year when they crowned the first ever United States Championship. Now I understand you can't have a tournament to crown a new champion every time around. But that being said, G1 special in USA 1 set the precedent for when New Japan comes stateside, and that's early July. Um, there's uh, it's following Dominion, and it's a good lead up into the G1 climax. I think it's twenty eighth this year. Start the tradition. Early July, you get a G1 special in USA. That's really what it is.
1: You know the problem with it is though. I just thought about this. Hmm. What's G1 known for?
2: I mean, it's a grueling tournament.
1: It's a grueling tournament. Yeah. Which means we are not going to have any grueling matches at a special prior to the tournament.
2: Oh, definitely a grueling matches last year. We had a entire tournament in two days crowned a new champion. Kenny Omega wrestled three times, know, and his but
1: match against Ishii was incredibly grueling. It's not healthy. No, They it's shouldn't not. be doing that right before the G1. They shouldn't be doing that. But they did. Yeah, I know they did. And, and look what happened afterwards. Everybody came out hurting. Can't be doing that. Bad idea. This year, too. November. July. Thayer Thabata has a great Matt Chat question because of how quick it is. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, guys. So who do you think has the better cruiserweight slash junior heavyweight roster? New Japan or WWE? Thanks.
2: Thank you, Therathabada. Thank you, the I go first, and this is easy. This is so easy. It's New Japan. They have the best junior heavyweight division in the entire world. Let me read off some names here. You got Bushi. He doesn't even get any title uh, Chances of the titles, and he's great. Yeah, he's good. You get uh, Ticking Time Bomb, Hiromu what Takahashi. Of one of the best. Spectacular. You get, at 50-something years old, the legend, Jushin Thunder Liger. Still put on great matches. This match against Will Ospreay is pretty good. Pretty good. The Ace, Kushida. Top. Time global. splitter. Top. Still global. put on incredible matches. Yeah. Marty Skrull. Granted, he's become a bit of a comedy wrestler, but he's still wildly entertaining. He's very much a comedy wrestler. Um, you got Taguchi. Again, not really sniffing the the junior title, but he's got legacy. He's still yeah, funny. Yeah. Um. You got uh, uh Will Ospreay, current champion, one of the best wrestlers in the entire world. You got Show and Yo.
1: They're in the tag division. They're, the that junior, doesn't count. the junior tag doesn't division. count. Doesn't count. What
2: if there's if there's two hundred five live tag titles and whoever's in that division doesn't count towards your your argument?
1: There is no two hundred five live but tag probably division. Gonna be. But there is none. Oh my god. There is none.
3: That's ridiculous. Okay, so
1: here's the here's the thing. New Japan, you can stop. New Japan has two, has the two best juniors in the world. Taking time bomb, Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay's best junior in the world. Abs bar none. Look at what WWE has. You 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 gotta put Kushida in that conversation. Okay, Kushida's up there too, okay. Look at what WWE has. And not even... Look, we know Leo Rush is going to 205 live. I'd, put, I'd stack Leo Rush, and it's actually kind of a bummer he's not in here because I want to see a ticking time bomb Leo Rush. Match. Oh, heck yes. Look at the depth that WWE has. It's so underrated. Leo Rush, Roderick Strong, Mustafa Ali, Cedric Alexander. Look at what Drew Gulak's been doing. That's six right there, six outstanding names that I would love to put in there with their top guys in New Japan. Yeah. Right? So you got them off the top of my head. Tyler Bate wouldn't surprise me if he ended up in the in the 205 light Division. They're talking about putting... This is a terrible idea, but putting Ricochet in the 205 light Division. He There there is some amazing matches. If they do, I really don't want to see that unless he can go up to the main roster. But, I mean, come on, man. WWE, the, the level of depth, it's just they don't know... They don't know what to how to present the, their cruisers. Let me ask you this: That's some talent, right? What there. would
2: your other have? The top talents in New Japan go to Two Hundred Five Live and compete there, or the top talents from Two Hundred Five Live to go to New Japan and compete there? In terms of putting on stellar matches.
1: Oh, in terms of putting on stellar matches, I don't know. They've been doing. They've been letting them wrestle lately. So, mm-hmm. I mean, in terms of presentation, New Japan, because I know they know how to present their division. Yes, um, but uh, in terms of putting on the best matches, I don't know. I mean. I don't know if... I don't know. At this point, right now, I'm not sure if there'd be that massive of a different, that big of a difference, given how they're letting them wrestle. I really don't. Yeah, I don't know. You know? I mean, you know, I cringe whenever I see Ticking Time Bomb do one of those Sunset Power Flip Power... Uh, sunset, sunset Flip Power Bombs. Flip power yeah, Bombs. Over the, over the ring I can't ropes, stand yeah. that stuff. So, like, the dangerous stuff the WWE won't let them do, I'm kind of not huge
2: on anyone. I'm not necessarily talking about the dangerous stuff. I'm just talking about the pace of the matches and... and- Look, man! I've been the intricacy watching intricacy of the 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 wrestling itself.
1: I watched. I, I haven't seen Two O Five Live yet this week, but I saw a lot of gifts.
2: Oh, that main event sounds like it's pretty good.
1: Yeah, they were doing some Buddy Murphy, another name. Mm-hmm. They're doing some crazy stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I, mean, I guess in my mind. I Lince love, Dorado, Metal Metalik. I love Two O Five Live, and, and some of
1: the guys like Lince Dorado, Metal Metalik. I would love to see them in a, in a New Japan setting because I think they haven't been. Just Because they, they haven't gotten the they exposure haven't been showcased as well, they haven't so been showcased. Yeah. But if they continue down the path they're going, then it's just it's just a matter of getting the presentation down right where do yeah, they yeah. fit them? Where I do I was they gonna say,
2: them? I love I love 205 Live, I've been a huge advocate for the show for, for for a long time. But as you said, the presentation of the new Japan juniors, oh, for sure, yeah, they make them exciting consistently and yeah. historically better than yeah. what they've done with 205 Live. Oh, for
1: absolutely, I have no, yeah, and that they're timing. Mean, if if they said hey you can only get two um, juniors in the entire world to put on a match give me Osprey and give me Takahashi mm-hmm. the the Aromu uh, Takahashi mm-hmm. easy mm-hmm. but I think WWE does have depth they do. Uh, speaking of fast questions this question literally made me laugh out loud my son Adam Mayhem let's see what he has to say.
4: What is tardes, Alejandro of Universe? to another edition of shit Chat with the champ. Steven Lester, I got a question for you. Who's your favorite wrestler that you've seen wrestle live and who's your favorite wrestler that you still haven't seen live? Have a good day. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Adam Mayhem. Thank you for making that quick. Um uh you No, you. I go first. I yeah. Go... Oh yeah, I go first. Okay. Um favorite wrestler I've seen live has been Ricochet. I, I was lucky enough to see a match with him and Leo Rush that just was off the charts. Can't wait to see him live in NXT whenever we get that chance. Yeah. Um he watching him wrestle is just an absolute joy and delight. Have we seen Osprey live? Yeah, we just did. He fought Oh yeah, we literally just, just did. That's right. Yeah. Jush and Liger, yeah. Yeah, that was just out of my head. Wow. Um That's weird that was a good match too. So that was cool. No, it was it was good. It was just really quick. Yeah, I know. And it's against Jushin Liger, who he's old. I'd rather see something different. No, I understand that. But was Osprey it's... last year? Was he at? Uh, oh yeah, he was in a tag match. G one special. G one, yeah, he was. I feel. Didn't we see more mania the weekend last year? One of those I don't matches? So. Maybe not. I don't think so. I don't know. We've seen. We, we, we. I'll put it this way: We have been very lucky over the past twelve months, eighteen months, to have seen a lot of wrestlers um, perform live. Yes. Um... Favorite wrestler I've never seen live, um, the Freebirds. I would have, I would love my if I had a time traveling device. If I had Ronda Rousey's time traveling device, well,
2: she claims she isn't capable of traveling through well, time
1: that we know of. Um, I would use it to go back to some old WCCW at the height of the Von Erich Freebirds feud. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that just to get the vibe of all that in the building, the machismo dripping off of. Michael Hayes. And you want to grab the poster from behind you and, and put that on display. This man right here. Look at that. So you want to know what a real man looks like? It's this guy. Look at this area. It's all just energy right there. <laughs> Sexual energy. Look at how high his freaking pants are. Yeah, man. <laughs> That's great. Anyways, yeah. Uh, that Yeah, because I've seen a lot of people live.
2: Yes, we have been really fortunate to see... A lot of the world's best wrestlers live,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, whether it be in WWE, in New, at New Japan shows, a couple times I've been to PWG, mm-hmm. the, the, the sundry independent shows we've been to, both uh, Mania weekend, just here locally. We've seen some good wrestling here locally as well. Um, but I think of all the matches I've seen live, perhaps the matches I enjoyed the most, and this is kind of a toss-up for me. Because we saw, uh, <sighs> me, my favorite match I've seen live might be AJ versus John Cena at oh, SummerSlam yeah, sure. 2016, yeah, 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 that was yeah, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll give the nod to Kenny Omega because he's the wrestler who's one of the wrestlers generally seen as one of the best in the world that we've actually managed to see quite a few times. Yeah, live. Um, you know, I mentioned three matches that G1 Special in USA. We saw him tag in or with the Young Bucks. At a PWG Bowl of Night 2. Mm-hmm. And then we just saw him um, partner
1: with Kota Ibushi. It's joy to watch yes, live. Yes, absolute joy to watch. I, um, I could have said the Young Bucks as well. Yes. Man, they are so, they are something absolutely special when you see them live. Mm-hmm. I might change my answer to Young Bucks. Well, you can. That's fine.
2: But I'll, I'll go with Kenny Omega just because uh, he always puts his all in every match he does. Mm-hmm. Whether it be in front of 400 people at uh, the American Legion Hall in Reseda, California. Mm-hmm. Or in front of 5,300 people at the Walter Pyramid. Yeah Regardless uh, You know He puts on a stellar match That match against Ishii And the finals for the G1 special For the US title That's still one of the most Hard hitting matches I've ever seen Um, And hats off to both of them Mm -hmm. Um, I'll go with Kenny Omega From the favorite wrestler Right now that I've seen live Um, Favorite wrestler That I've never seen live My favorite wrestler of all time Shawn Michaels Mm -hmm. Never got a chance to see him live I went to one Raw When he was uh, An active wrestler That was in early 1998 but that was a week after he hurt his back. Oh wow! His, his casket match against Undertaker, so he didn't wrestle. Yeah. he just showed up at the Titantron, did a promo. Um, and I never, I, when when he came back, I didn't really go to wrestling shows. that Right. Time. Yeah. So he is the one wrestler I never got to see live that I really wish I could
1: have. Yeah. It trips me out when we were, we were at uh, Strong Style Evolved um, that we when we watched a uh, Kazarian wrestle. And I was thinking to myself, the first time I saw that guy wrestle was literally in, like, 1997 or 1998. Mm-hmm. We saw him, like, low, super local. I yeah. forget if it was here in L.A. But, man, the future Frankie Kazarian. I'll never forget that. Like, it's crazy that he's still still doing it. Still doing it and still doing it at, like, such a top level. Mm-hmm. So good for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Next up, um, we have a great. Oh, this is Robert Shaw's personal fishing line tester. Which is a great name. It's a fantastic name. And this is a great video. He like, this, Look at the production value in this I video know. here. It's top notch. Let's take a look.
2: Hey friendos, I'm
3: Robert Shaw's personal fishing line tester and this is my first ever Matt Chat video submission, so thank you very much for taking my question. Uh, first off, uh, on this past Monday's RAW, uh, I made a sign showing support for both you guys and the guys over at Cultaholic. I think you all do a wonderful job and you deserve all the support that you can get. Um, So thank you first for everything that you guys do Uh, But with that in mind, here's my question With the greatest Royal Rumble coming up pretty soon. I was curious who would you guys book as some of the entrance in an all YouTube uh, wrestling podcast Royal Rumble and who would win? My money is on Larson because he's on the road to the Finn Balor bod Too sweet and a hearty handshake
2: Thank you, Robert Shaw's personal fishing line tester. I got to go first. This is a great idea. The greatest
1: YouTube battle this is royal. a terrible idea because it would be a terrible battle royal.
2: And though I appreciate they picked me to go over. Mm-hmm. Um, I have yet to achieve Finn Balor bod, so I can't put myself over. Okay. Instead, I'm going to put someone over that I know actually has experience in the wrestling ring, and that is Brian Zane. Mm. Um, he has wrestled before. He is still around the business. He is okay. the manager of the Classic Connection. Um, so I'm going to say... Brian Zane goes
1: over. Okay. All right. I like that. Um, I would probably be cool putting you over. I figure you and I, we could dominate. Because let me look, look at who Cultaholic has. They've got uh, Pacitti, who, can't, who is a broken man. Seems like I it. I watched yeah. that entire Megabus video, Oof. and it's glorious, but that poor sap, he ain't winning nothing. He can't even win predictions. You got a dude literally named Jack the Jobber. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, King Ross, maybe he has a chance. Maybe he has a chance. Um, Then you got Brian Zane, but he's more of a he's more. of a And nowadays he's the influence, the YouTube influencer. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure how much luck an influencer is going to have in a wrestling ring. I don't know either. He's doubling down on the YouTube gimmick. Um, And then, I mean, yeah, Grimm's out there, too. I figure he'll be like the guy that we all team up on and and throw out first. Um, Let's see here. Who who am I leaving out? I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't see any. uh, I look at the YouTube wrestling landscape. I don't see it, especially if we got Stevie Bradley, the enforcer. It's going to come down to you and me, at which point I feel like Stevie Bradley would swerve both of us, throw us both out. Yeah. While wearing your shirt. So there is an element of you winning. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like... In the end, he would go over. In the end, our enforcer, Stevie Bradley, would probably come out on top. Yeah. But then, because he's our enforcer, he would give us the trophy to put in our office. All right. Fair enough? All right, fair enough.
2: Also, thank you to Stevie Bradley for wearing the shirt you mentioned there.
1: Oh, and thanks to Robert Shaw's personal fishing line tester for that great Cultaholic Stephen Larson shirt. Yes. It's it's extended the bromance between us and Ross on Cultaholic because he keeps on putting us... In WTF moments. I know. Um, so, yeah, I love that stuff. Uh, let's see here. Next up, we've got Patrick Sparks, who's looking to bring the vibe down in his with his question. All right, Patrick, come on.
4: Hey, friendos, Pat here. So, uh, got a debate, and it's controversial. But let's go back in time a little. Go to the Ring Boy scandal, which mainly involved Pat Patterson as a big part of it, I guess. And got to Donahue, whatever, big thing, um, nothing ever came of it, except for a lot of controversy and whatnot, Pat Patterson was never charged with anything, but my debate for you is, would the WWE have been derailed, almost entirely, completely, whatever, if those allegations had uh, come to fruition and been true and charges been put against Pat Patterson and whoever else was alleged, uh so early in the WWE's legacy, do you think that that would have derailed him and killed the WWF with sexual conduct of that sort going on? What do you guys think? Thanks, Reno. Bye.
1: Alright, Patrick. Thanks for such a dark question. So, you guys can do the research on this. In the early 90s, Pat Patterson and a couple others in the WWE were accused of some pretty nasty stuff. Um, you just look it up yourself. I'm not going to talk about it here. This is gross. Um, but anyway, The general question is this, if a sex scandal of that nature, really nasty thing, um, happened in the WWE right around the time of the steroids trial, would that have been enough to tip the WWE out of business? Um, We're not going to debate this. We're going to just talk about it a little bit. Um, My thing is this. If the steroid, if the steroids trial itself didn't do it because that was focused squarely on Vince McMahon, yeah, then no. Because here's the thing: if it wasn't focused on Vince, then Vince could have just shoved it aside and just taken it out of the. If 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 those guys who resigned were actually charged with anything, if anybody in the company that isn't Vince was charged with anything if vince had plausible deniability of any sort i really doubt it would have affected the long-term prospects of the company but that is speculation far beyond like i i i really don't know anything about it beyond what i just read on the internet yeah i don't know yeah i don't
2: know either i mean if 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 the steroid trial in 94 mm-hmm. it wasn't enough to topple wwf as you said, because it implicated Vince directly. Vince directly, exactly. And something that didn't in- implicate him directly, I'd be hard pressed to think would be enough to force the WWF to close its doors. But then again, you never know.
1: Yeah, yeah, you don't know how those things will, like, you know, will happen. So um, next week, Patrick, maybe don't bring us something so dark. Maybe let the bees take over on your question. I'm joking. I love Patrick, man. Patrick's been around forever. Yes, freaking love Patrick. Anyways, uh, next up, we've got. <laughs> Baron, the cat taxidermist. Hey, 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 I have a video question and I've got cat. Let's take a look.
3: Baron, the cat taxidermist here with my future lamp, Poe. Say hi, Poe. I've got a question in regards to storytelling versus great matches. What is more important in today's landscape? Of wrestling? Is it more important to have a match that Dave Meltzer will do a backflip for and assume that it was in Japan? Or is it more important to have good storytelling, good storytelling in regards to not just what happens in the ring, but the cutscenes, the promos, the backstage interactions, all of that good stuff? Let me know. Hearty handshake and a too sweet Thanks, friendos.
2: Thank you, Baron the Cat Taxidermist. Um.
1: And he's going to make that cat into a limp. Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> I laughed. I laughed quite a too. bit when he said that. Oh, man. Anyways. You got to go first. All right, so here's my thing. What's better? The match itself, is that's the thing. It's the match itself yeah. is the thing. Yeah, it is the thing. I think especially when you look out <coughs> on the independent circuit, you look at PWG, um, not really Ring of Honor, but you look at like things like PWG, You look at Progress, you look at a bunch of different places that might, and I know a lot of these places do run storylines over the course of several shows. They have their players, but a lot of these places don't and can't really afford to have complex storylines because it's the independent scene. You never know when somebody's gonna drop out or when you have to change a show and things shuffle around. And so I personally think it's better If you can put on a match where the storytelling is all in the ring um, and I mean, kind of look at the way they're kind of approaching 205 Live now. And it's one of our favorite shows. Um, They keep the storytelling to in the ring. Um, And uh, and yeah, that's that the independent scene is blowing up so big these days because they can bring people in cold having never experienced a product sit them down and watch storytelling take place as the matches unfold so I would say um, I I forget what the the basis of the question was uh, but if I had to choose between um, a match that was all contained and was a five star Meltzer match that everybody's going to buzz about I would take that over a match that just had really really good build and the match is like whatever
2: all right. So it's your turn now. Yeah, I guess so. But I was going to say, well, storytelling, Baron uh, <clears throat> the Cat Taxidermist mentions, you know, the matches have build in terms of backstage segments, interviews, yada, yada, yes. yada. Pretty much everything you're going to mention, I was going to mention that in the Indies, you don't get that. Um, therefore, you have to rely on in ring storytelling specifically. And, you know, as we talked on the previous episode, whether, you know, what makes it was Kenny Omega's question last week. What makes a great match great performer And I said storytelling Matt
1: Chatter Kenny Omega Yeah last
2: week. And yeah Spots are great But if they're not Generally speaking If they're not uh, uh, Anchored mm-hmm. To a compelling story mm-hmm. Then the match In the end Won't be remembered Beyond just the spots Okay um, So I mean My point about Storytelling basically Is going to be the same As yours Okay Um if we're talking strictly independent ranks, then yeah, you you need self-contained stories. I mean, well, I'll bring up Ricochet versus Leo Rush. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm pretty sure that was Leo Rush's first match at PWG. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had no backstory, as far as I know, mm-hmm. going into that match. Yet they told a complete story in the ring over the course of about 18 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's how. That's how. And that's how it's done well in independent ranks. They didn't have the benefit of months of build and interviews and backstage segments and video packages. Um, and I actually think how New Japan does it is a pretty good balance between long-term booking, the right amount of kind of recap packages, interviews sprinkled in as necessary. Those recap packages are Strong, great. Solid
1: evolved. Great. They're so well done.
2: But, you know, they use these various production elements to enhance the story that will ultimately be told in the ring. Yeah. Um, they don't go, do the over-the-top stuff like WWE does where there's prolonged promos. You don't have some guy coming out and... T- you know, talking for twelve minutes to start a show. Yeah, you get interview segments backstage with Cody and Brandy mm-hmm. that are six minutes, and they're awesome. Yeah, because it's just all character. Yeah, and in my mind, that's really the way to go. You don't have to go full on. You know, like athletic soap opera. What WWE does, give me how New Japan does it. I think they just have a perfect balance between focusing on the in-ring product while using storylines to motivate
1: the matches. I like it. I like it a lot. We have a couple of text questions from some friendos. So let's kick it off with Rhett Davis. I'll read Rhett Davis's question who I assume talks like Mark Calloway. Do you guys think that the current style of wrestling lacks storytelling compared to decades of past? As some wrestlers claim examples include lack of selling and two choreographed movements. I would like one of you to defend the possibly more believable style from the past and the other defend the current style of high-intensity impact wrestling. Well, not impact wrestling. Not to be confused with the TNA. Not the promotion. No, I'll go first,
2: and this is stuff now. Um, I can appreciate people that that want to uh, uh, focus on the importance of an arm bar during the course of the match, but uh, whether it be circumstance or just the evolution of the art from professional wrestling, um, I think the common uh, conception of an arm bar is that it's a rest hold these days. Mm-hmm. And as such, it slows the match down. You can have uh, 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 storytelling that's compelling and dramatic and still have uh, a high intensity style of wrestling. All of the Okada Omega matches, incredibly fast paced, never a dull moment, even the hour long match. And it was all compelling storytelling. They sold. There was no lack of selling. Kenny Omega basically passed out towards the end of the match when Okada was trying to do a Rainmaker. He was selling the exhaustion that he was that he was suffering because he put everything out there to try to beat Okada. That's storytelling. Um, I know Young Bucks have been criticized for just be- focusing on spots, but there were... Definitely, the last couple of years is far more focused on storytelling. Just look at the match against Golden Lovers; a strong style oh, of all. Man, it was all about that. the personal yeah. dynamics between everybody in that ring. Yeah. That storytelling. I mean, the, the days when you want to tell the story of two guys and they're really beating them, beating each other up. I don't think that believable factor, believability factor, is long gone. Everybody knows it's choreographed entertainment, treated as such. Uh, let the stories develop dramatically naturally, based on what people are doing in the ring, it can be doing 10 flips in a row, or it can, like Zack Sabre Jr., just manipulating the human body in all sorts of painful manners. Uh, I mean, for one, I I don't... I've compared pro wrestling to despite any other art form, there's various genres. Mm -hmm. They're all good in their own right. They can all be appreciated for what they are. I don't necessarily think one is better than the other, although I know some of the hardcore stuff's kind of too messed up for me these days.
1: I'm not huge on the hardcore stuff, man.
2: But if you're talking a purely technical match, for a purely technical match, sorry, versus a high-flying match versus something that's, that's really intense and has got a lot of striking. There's things to appreciate about all those 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 styles of wrestling Yeah, and the storytelling capabilities inherent in each You're
1: never going to get back to the past. You're you, you, there, there is no Ronda Rousey time-traveling device. You're never going to get back to the past where <coughs> if it looked real, people might think it's real. You're not going to get back to that because everybody knows, as you said, it's choreographed or it's predetermined. Um, however, it is kind of sad to me that a little bit of the magic from the past has been lost now that everybody knows now that it's, you know, fully out in the open and has been for 20 years now that wrestling is indeed fake predetermined, whatever you want to call it. It is a performance. If you look back and you look back at some of the, uh, performances, some of the matches from the late seventies, early eighties, especially down there in the South where you have these true Hoss wrestlers just beating the living crap out of each other. Bleeding um, everywhere. The, what are the the last battle of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Get on the network and look at that, and you'll see why a lot of the people might have thought that that stuff was real because, oh, my God, it was bloody, it was slow, it was awkward, it looked like a real fight, and it was in a cage that looked deadly. And so I, I would love to have known what the... What the atmosphere was like, being a fan who might have been thinking, "Man, these hosses are really going at it. These guys are really fighting." There is an element of magic that's lost because of um, the focus on you know. I I think that there is a place for every genre of wrestling. I love it all. I think it's great. I I love ricochet versus Osprey matches. Um, Do they get cartoony? Of course. That's part of why I love them. But um, there is a little bit of that magic lost when, you know, two people are putting on a performance rather than a fight. So I guess, yeah, that's my answer. All right. Be cool to go back and see some of those bastards duke it out. Yeah. You know,
2: Uh, next we got a question from Dead Riot. I'll take this one, Steve. Okay. Excuse me. More of a discussion than a debate this week. Sorry, it was from Dead Riot. Having rewatched your NWO sold-out video and how cringe-inducing the whole Miss NWO thing was, so Dead Riot asks, what is your cringiest moment in wrestling history, a moment so cringy that it made you wonder why you were a wrestling fan? Um, He mentions the Katie Vick uh, incident Mm -hmm. and Billy and Chuck's wedding for himself.
1: Yeah, uh, I'll go first. Um, The Vince McMahon, Trish Stratus stuff, well after the Attitude Era well into the ruthless aggression era vince was still doing this crap where he was just treating the women's wrestlers like dog crap basically like having Trish Stratus bark and do crawling on her hands and knees any of that stuff like when he was like romancing Candice Michelle oh that was off putting and it was it's it was gross it's gross and it did. I remember it made me think like I don't want to watch this right now. I do not want to be watching this stuff. Um, so that stuff I always felt like was really, really gross. Um, I mean, look, I, I, I like uh, there's just no there's no place for that stuff. No, there's there's, there's a zero place for that stuff. Like bra and panty match stuff. It was never there was never like stories behind it. It was just it was just bad. Yeah. Like, there's a time and place for brawn, panty type stuff, and that's not it. It's not mm-hmm. in my wrestling. Mm-hmm. I don't want in my wrestling. No. Like, I was even, even back then, I was all jazzed when, like, Lita and Trish got their main event spot on Raw. It was I was like, that's cool. Why don't you do more than that? And then, no, well, we'll do more Candice Michelle, Kelly Kelly kind of crap. I don't want to see that, you know? There's a time and place for that kind of stuff. It's not my wrestling. Yeah. Leave it out of my wrestling. Anyway, it's your turn.
2: Pretty much everything Vince Rus- Russo did in WCW. Yeah, yeah, that's a great answer. Well, not pretty much everything, but a lot of things. Like uh, Everything on camera he did. Well, him personally, yes. But I mean, also some yeah. of his booking decisions. He made David Arquette champ. Yeah. He made himself champ. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he did some good things. He elevated Scott Steiner, Booker T, the main event. Great. Mm-hmm. 100% on board with that. But pretty much everything else he did was...
1: Also a huge Jeff Jarrett guy. Yeah, Yeah. That too. It was just... Yeah, I think... So for me... Look, you can be you can be a bad booker. you can have like you know, hey, let's do brawn panty stuff, but the most egregious for me was watching that dude on camera like i I couldn't do I don't care about you, I don't care anything you're saying right now. Nope. you're just kind of a, you look gross, yeah, <laughs> like visually, you're not appealing, and what's coming out of your mouth is hurting my ears. yeah, stop it. Please, yes. And I, can I get Booker T versus Sting or something, please? Yeah, that's can what I really want to see. I, do I don't
2: want to see you talking for 12 minutes about you know a variety of things that in the end is not going to appeal to me as a wrestling fan. Right, exactly. Give, it was, me, give me quality matches in the ring and, and some basic storylines to motivate him. That's all I ask for. Yeah,
1: him being on camera was a true, even, even, even more so than Arquette winning the title. Vince Russo being on camera in WCW was at the low point for mm-hmm. that company. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'd say that. Uh, next up, Alpha X. What's up, Steven Larson? Hi. My question is, who do you think has a better chance of becoming a world champion first? Jason Jordan or Big Cass? He says, sure, Jordan has had somewhat of a head start on a solo run, but who knows how hard WWE will push Cass when he returns to action. Thanks, guys. Too sweet. I'll go first. I it's okay. the easy choice. It's Jason Jordan,
2: man. Jason Jordan is far away the better wrestler. That's true. Um, uh, granted, Cass has shown some charisma and, and before he turned heel, some mic skills. Yeah. But I think the character work Jason Jordan was doing before he got hurt, um, he was really hitting his stride, being this obnoxious, annoying kind of heel character. I think he it was going to go somewhere. He He has all the talent in the world, I think. He's good on the mic. He's comfortable on the mic. He's got some charisma, and he's awesome in the ring. Um, And I think that gives him a huge head start over Cass, who's just tall. Um, He's got some charisma. (laughs) Who's just tall? That's rude. He is tall. He's got some charisma, but his wrestling skill is nowhere near to the level of Jason Jordan. How
1: old is Big Cass? I don't know. Late 20s, early 30s? I'll say he's 30. Yeah. Why does he he wrestle like Kevin Nash in his 50s? All right, here's the deal. That's a big cast. This is why. I hate to say this, but Jason Jordan, when he comes back, is already going to be... Now, he said he, he has a head start, and I disagree. I think Jason Jordan is starting off in a hole. I hate to say it, man, but like, Raw has been better since Jason Jordan's been gone because they were... He, he was doing good work with what he was given. And I did appreciate the elements of his character that made him... Obnoxious heel guy. But he was his presence was sinking Seth Rollins. And you look at Rollins now versus where he was with Jason Jordan, and I'm much happier with the product now. Um, I think you're right. Jason Jordan has is a f- far superior wrestler. But there's two things. Number one, Cass will have a seriously clean slate. I don't think there's gonna be remnants of the Enzo thing with Big Cass. I, I just don't. They had already split them up, and that's fortuitous for big cass when he comes back. Vince loves big men and he loves them kind of more than guys who can really wrestle. I mean, look at, I mean, look, Roman is a fine wrestler. He can put on really, really good matches. Jason Jordan can put on great matches, but look at where Roman Reigns is. He's about to main event again, WrestleMania and win the universal championship. Big Cass is a large man. He's a good looking dude. He's young. Um, He does have charisma he will need to work on his mic skills, but we've seen flashes of them wanting to push him, and I think they will probably try to pull the trigger on him harder than they ever will with Jason Jordan. So I just think, from the perspective of regardless of who you think is deserving um, because of their abilities, I think Big Cass has probably a better chance at being Big Cass. Just looks like a like a Vince McMahon main eventer, and Jason Jordan. I'm not sure that he's that I can I can see that I think that he might be a consummate upper mid card guy at best. Um, so my opinion is a big cast. All right. Well, you mean I just want an argument? It's fine. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that's it. That's wow. it. What a great what a great match chat today. Yeah, a slew of gra- spirited, spirited match chatters and spirited match chat debates. Uh huh. We had everything under the sun today. Yeah, I guess so. What a fantastic episode. Yeah, quality life. stuff. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's it for Matt Chat. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Stop. Stop messing with that. Oh, my goodness. Bye, everybody. I'm so close to it. I'm so close. Oh, you're so irritating. Good.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home.